Hello and welcome back to Control-Alt-Delete. This episode was recorded live on Zoom with an audience. It's the first virtual live event I've done for the podcast and, you know, it took me long enough to uh, try it out and I'm really glad I did. We had a great time and I will hopefully be doing some more. I interviewed the brilliant life design coach, Selena Barker, as a sort of emergency lockdown episode, really. We discussed self-care, burnout and designing the lives we want. I know that during lockdown, I found a lot of comfort in tuning into live streams, chatting to people in the comment section and just feeling like I was part of something. So I was really thrilled to do this. We talk about the panic of overworking and how to be kinder to ourselves. We talk about our inner child who needs nurturing. We talk about the fallacy of the perfect balance and whether or not that actually exists or if it's something that we use to kind of beat ourselves up with. And at the end, we answer some audience questions that were submitted via the chat, which were brilliant questions and we dug into those. So I hope you enjoy listening to this replay and let me know if there's any topics you would love me to cover on future episodes. So, Selena Barker, career life design coach, writer, podcast host, creator of the Audible original series, The Career Change Coach. And I just want to start off by saying, before I ask my first question, that during lockdown one, I don't know if we're calling it lockdown one, but I'm calling it lockdown one. I went for a walk, I was listening to an audiobook, and I just basically left Selena a voice note. And it didn't feel like I kind of knew that I was going to do it. It was very natural, my body taking over and my mind taking over. And I just WhatsApp Selena just saying, can you be my life coach? <laughs> and I I don't know why that I'd got to this point where I thought maybe I was ready for it. Maybe my relationship with Selena kind of over the years that we've known each other, I was like, oh, I'm ready for, I'm ready for this, for someone to figure out what's going on in personal and professional things. And and so I just basically want to share you with everyone today. <laughs> so that's a little bit of context. But right, my first question is something I've been thinking about a lot, which is because um, we're all at home, well, most of us, some of us, and life has changed kind of beyond belief this year. For me, there was a real tension between panicking and overworking and needed to take time and pause and reflect. So I just wondered for anyone out there kind of who might have that jar what, what would your advice be to them? We talk about this a lot. So it's so understandable that we are feeling anxious, that we're feeling depressed, that we're on this roller coaster of emotions, the Corona coaster, as I like to call it, or I've heard it called, so I've adopted that. Um, and I think, so first of all, to really have compassion with yourself, that you are feeling a bit anxious and you are panicking and you are suddenly going into those perhaps slightly unhealthy responses of like, I now must work and throwing all the self-care habits out the window because that is what we do when we go into panic. And so what I was really encouraging people to do in, in lockdown one, and, and I continue to do the same, is that first of all, look after your, attend to the, the anxiety, attend to the panic. Don't try and push it down. Don't try and suppress it. Certainly don't make yourself wrong for feeling like that. There's nothing wrong with you. You're having a perfectly natural response to what's going on. What has been wonderful, I think actually, is that it got everyone talking about and being totally honest with feeling anxious. And you know, we've been so used to, we're in a society where 
so often we just respond to how are you with I'm fine and suddenly people are like today was better than yesterday yesterday I was really anxious or like today you know my energy is really low I just um, I'm not finding the motivation to work I'm not feeling productive and so being able to speak that openly for the first time in a shared kind of um, a sort of collective experience I think was has been really powerful and has hopefully got people talking about it more but it's just looking at the practical things that help you on the days where you do suddenly get into a an anxious state of mind and all sorts of things help I mean breathing just stopping and taking some slow deep breaths when we go into panic when we go into that fight or flight mode you start to breathe a lot more you know a sort of shallow you um your heart will start racing, your whole body goes into, into panic, into survival mode. And what happens when, when you get into that space is your IQ drops, you can't think with any perspective anymore. You get out of the higher brain thinking, get into urgent panic, like emergency thinking. And you can't really see far beyond like the next steps. You can't really see. That's why it's understandable that we get into that panic thinking. We start thinking, oh my God, that's it. My whole business is going to fall apart. I'll tell you something funny. When when we <laughs> when it's the first lockdown and I was doing mainly career change coaching until you came along and asked me to be a life coach. And now I've completely pivoted my business and now I'm just life coaching people, which is amazing. Um, but when I called HMRC to sort of sort of put a pause on payments and things, because we didn't know what was happening next, when I told her that I was a career change coach and that my business partner, Vicky at Project Love, was a love coach, the woman at HMRC got a fit of giggles and said, I will, I will fast track this because there's no way anyone is going to be wanting to use your business at the moment. I was just like, all right. I mean, I wasn't feeling too bad. But now you've really kind of, so there was that real panic then. And I don't know if it's, I'm curious to find out if anyone is finding this one also kind of panic inducing about work. I've got a lot of friends that work in events, friends who are DJs, you know, that world of work has, has really dried up. And so the first thing is to manage, manage the emotional, the, the, the anxiety and all the rest of it. And some, for some of you, it might be exercise it might be breathing techniques it might be talking with a friend it might be getting out going for a walk in nature things that help to calm your nervous system but also help you to get some perspective maybe it's journaling I wanted to bring up a phrase I learned just last night actually and I was like Selena will love this I think um because this is something that we talk about quite a lot which is reaching your goals yes being creative and putting your work out there yes getting work done yes but also you know, really nurturing yourself, taking care of yourself, having breaks, um, switching off. And this author called Jocelyn K. Gly, who I love, and if any of you listening are interested in kind of learning how to switch off more, she's great. And she calls her way of working tender discipline, which is basically being disciplined, but being doing it in a tender way. Because when we're younger, you know, our parents tell us what to do, basically. They tell us what time to go to bed. They tell us um, what to do when bad things happen and then suddenly we're adults and we have to basically discipline ourselves send ourselves to bed give ourselves the dinner so I wondered if you had had any thoughts around that and I know you talk a lot about nurturing yourself and really realizing that inside you have a bit of an inner child that needs attention yeah I hadn't heard of that phrase until you told me just just before we hit start you know hit record I love that tender discipline I think um yeah, it's it's striking that balance of doing what you say you're going to do, 
setting, you know, I'm all about creating projects to create the life you want to be living, whether that's something to start up a new business idea or whether it's a project to do with, I don't know, um, transforming your garden into a beautiful garden or whether it's, um, you know, a project to bring more calm and peacefulness into your life. There's all sorts of ways to use projects. But when you do that, you need to be setting time aside, creating space for the things that you want to do in your life. And you need to be putting that into your calendar and, and putting reminders and having a system where if you say on a Wednesday night that you're going to work on a project or you say on a Wednesday night that you're going to have a digital detox and really take time to re recharge your batteries, check in with yourself, nurture yourself, you need to have the discipline to do that when Wednesday night comes rather than just turning on the TV and just slumping and going, oh, I can't be bothered. And there are different ways of doing that. And it's all to do with the voice in your head. So, you know, I've, I've talked to you about this a lot about the, the shitty committee, that inner critic, that negative voice we've all got in our head. And then you've got that kind of that wise, loving, supportive voice that we also all have within us. The thing is, we often use the wise, loving, supportive voice with those we love with our loved ones. We're not so good at turning that voice around on ourselves. So I'm all about teaching people to turn, we've all got a shitty committee and we've all got a wise loving voice. And the key is to learn how to turn the volume down on your shitty committee and turn the volume up on your wise loving voice and have that wise loving voice be the one that says, look, I know you're tired. I totally get it but you'll feel so much better when you just turn your phone off and have that evening digital detox that you said you would. Or I know you're tired, but just even if you do just 30 minutes on this project, you'll feel so good that you've, you've moved a step forward with it versus the shitty committee that will be like, here you go yet again. If you don't do this, you will have failed again or say nasty things to pressure you. And like, you've got to do it. Come on, come on. You can't be doing this. You've got to, you know, otherwise, where do you think you're going to be in, you know, five years time, still in a dead end job, you know, horrible stuff that we can say to ourselves to try to motivate ourselves into action. And we do have choice. And it is about learning to train ourselves to catch ourselves in those moments and say, hold on. There, there is another way of doing this. Like I don't need to be motivating myself with these harsh, cruel words to just, you know, get myself going. And you and I have talked a lot about this. Yes, yes, totally. <laughs> um, before I ask you my next question, I just wanted to have a little look at the chat, um, see how people are doing. Um, it seems like in general, people are finding the second lockdown a little bit harder just because of the shorter days. And I know that, I don't know if anyone if this matters but like if you're a bit of a late riser or you're someone that does just get more done in that like 3 p.m to 5 p.m slot I feel like that's just be kind of been taken away because um of, of the weather and everything but it's it is interesting that there is a difference I feel with like how we've adapted in the first one and second one mm. um I'm seeing the word hibernation a lot as well which I'm here for um <laughs> me so, too <laughs> so I had another question I wanted to ask you before we move on to questions because I've been just thinking about it a bit and and wondering your thoughts which is something that sometimes makes me feel bad about myself is this this I think myth of the perfect work-life balance it's always been mm. something that I read about in women's glossy magazine how to achieve <laughs> the perfect work-life balance like it's this thing that exists 
And it's like this perfect ratio and a formula. And if you don't do that set formula, you're failing. When actually I feel like balance looks different to all of us. And what makes you feel balanced might not make me feel balanced. We're all so different. I, do you have any thoughts on this? Because I know that you really believe in balance, as do I. But do you think there's like more of a nuanced discussion to be had about it? Yeah, it's. I think it's. So, I think it's such an interesting topic because it has suddenly got a bad reputation. I've seen a lot of people, a lot of coaches saying, you know, forget about work-life balance. That's that's not a thing to go after. First of all, I would say the way calling it the perfect balance. I mean, there therein lies the problematic word perfect because as soon as you're trying to achieve any kind of perfection, you're going down a a a, a route to disappointment and unhappiness because you're striving for something that doesn't exist. There is no, uh, there's, there's uh, Marianne Woodman um, had a wonderful quote, perfectionism is the rejection of life. And I was just like, that's it. It's just, if you go after perfection, you're rejecting life. Life is not, you don't look at a flower. Imagine a flower being perfect, every petal being perfect. Every, those are plastic flowers. You know, a flower has all, like life is not perfect. So embracing imperfection is is very much what I'm all about. But that said, I'm like, don't be too quick to dismiss the whole balance thing because it's, let's unpack it and see what do we even mean by balance. So for example, I, I mean, I've just finished writing a book on called Burnt Out, which will be out um, spring 2021. And I used to be a real workaholic. So I used to have my life completely out of balance. And I also saw the same happen to my dad when I was younger. He was a raging workaholic, had a massive nervous breakdown when I was 12. So it was my first experience of seeing what burnout can do, but also how much you can change your life in a positive way afterwards. But when I asked my mum, what did she think he like kind of helped, really helped my dad? She said he brought balance back into his life. He'd been all about work. And that's what I fell into, being all about work and not enough about the other stuff, not making the time, not making the space for the other important things in life. And so the way I look at it, <clears throat> and I'm all about life design. So I will work with a person to and this is also in um, my Goodbye 2020, Hello 2021 journal, which obviously the name so changes good. every year. I the name it. changes every year <laughs> to keep up with the years. But in that, as you know, you go through a whole section of like, just, just asking yourself, what activities make me come alive? What environments do I love to spend time in? Who are the people I love to hang out with? What's the work I love to do? What do I like to do on holidays, on weekends? And you have a look at that. And then you go, right, I want all of these elements in my life. You use your calendar as your canvas and you book, you make space and you you dedicate time to all of the things that bring you joy and bring you happiness and help you to feel grounded. Now, what that looks like to you will look different to me and look different to someone else. And, you know, some people work at super high energy and super high speed, and that may change throughout the seasons. And some people are at a much slower, gentler pace and like to have less of their day um, working my my working day has now reduced partly because I've got a son that I need to pick up from school um but I work from 9 30 to 3 p.m and I go for it like I really go for it sometimes there'll also be some exercise in there and then I stop at three even when it's not my day to pick him up and that's my perfect work day then I might do a little bit here and there but for me 
that's a much better balance for me. It creates more space in the afternoon. So it's it's really the way I look at balance is looking at my calendar and making sure I'm creating space. Look at my calendar, look at my life, making sure I'm creating space for all the things I know I need to feel happy and fulfilled and energized and calm in my body, in my work, in my life, with my family. And so for me, that's what balance is. At the moment you're trying to, because it's so interesting you say in the glossy magazines in this, the perfect balance. And I think sometimes that's where the wellness industry gets caught in this real icky thing that people are starting to rebel against and and sort of not like so much. As soon as you're trying to achieve having a life that looks a certain way and copying what you think or trying to achieve the life that you think is going to bring you happiness rather than coming from listening to yourself and your heart and your soul and what's really what's coming out of you that's when you're going to head off down a, a path that is not going to bring you happiness yeah, because it's yeah. not coming from you you're trying to copy what's out there and it's so interesting you say that because something that um I've learned to do from you is planning ahead for the good moments um or planning ahead for the balance to almost get grab me so something that was kind of I was finding stressful is I'm quite good at organizing my work life but I'm not the best at organizing my personal calendar I feel like sometimes I have people like on whatsapp kind of um not pestering me because they're my friends and I love them but just kind of nudging me or being like you know we need to get this in we need to do this like all that stuff and I found that stressful and what I did and you helped me do this was I basically planned in like months of walks chats um hot you know holidays hopefully next year for when we can but like zooms with friends and my calendar because it's color-coded now um it's pink for social and it's green for work and it was this lovely mix of green and pink exactly and I love that and that for me and and that will look different for everyone, but I do I do see what you're saying with don't underestimate the idea of a bit of balance. I don't think balance is the problem. I think it's when you confuse balance for a perfect life. Yes. And if well, you're accidentally totally. confusing the two, then you're going to run into problems. There's nothing wrong with experience, balance, and having all the ingredients you want in your life. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say I, I experience being balanced because I think that also sounds slightly <laughs> impossible. I don't know what that is. I certainly have moments where I feel grounded and I and I wish to cultivate more of those moments in my life and I have to do it deliberately because I can just whoop, you know, go f shooting up into, fizzing up into my head. Um, so definitely I like to, I, I aspire to feel more grounded, but balanced, it's not a feeling I aspire to, but I certainly think that that designing a life where there is a balance of all the things that are important to you, I think that's really powerful. But a perfect balance, no, forget about it. No, don't bring that into the next into 2021. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much, Selena. Honestly, you just drop so much wisdom all the time. So love that. I'll be re-listening to that when I put this up. Um, <laughs> so let's move on to questions now because. I feel like we're going to get into some good ones and we'll try and get through as many as we can. But, you know, this is my first one, so I don't really know if I've planned the timing very well, but I'll do more. Um, so the first question is from Christina Story from the Story Book Club on Instagram. Hello, hello. She says, I've recently got a new job and moved to London, but I feel like I'm really missing out on my 20s. I know I get my energy from socialising and going out and about, 
and the grand London life isn't there anymore. How do you deal with feeling like this year is just a waste of our 20s? Sorry if that sounds depressing. No, I can. I really, really feel for you. And I have to say, I do think back to my 20s and think, oh, wow, to be that age, think of what I was up to in my 20s. Although I, I probably could have done with a, a sabbatical from too much socializing in my 20s. It probably would have done me good. But again, just like I said at the start, it's really understandable that you're feeling that way. Um, and so I think it's, it's, again, it's important to allow yourself to express those feelings and journaling or talking to a friend about it and allowing yourself a moment to feel frustrated and to feel angry that this has happened, you know, even if it's just angry at just life for it, for it to have happened. But then we do need to get into, okay, how are we going to work within the limitations that we've got? How are we going to work with this new setup? And it's it's about getting clear on, well, what is it you want to be experiencing? You know, what is it you would like to experience over the next month or three months? So look short term as well, because I think it's a, mo- a lot more manageable because we don't know where we're going to be in six months time. And just sort of thinking, well, if it's adventure that you want, you know, you were looking forward to exploring different parts of London, you might not be exploring them in the same way you might have had this not all happen. So less exploring it via the bars but you know there are such great places to explore in London and you know you can get out and about you can get if you're if you're able to you can you know get on a bike or you know we can travel around um well depending on depending on how much you're if you're unless you're shielding um but there are, I've got a friend actually who's doing he does um graffiti art tours and he's now in in East London he's now doing them rollerblading and filming them I don't know how he's doing it but like people are finding different ways to bring you know bring experiences to life and so it's about asking yourself what is it that I really want to be experiencing now and how can I do that within this new world temporary world that we're currently living. And I think that's what's really important to remember. This isn't how it's going to be forevermore. And so looking at, okay, so this isn't this isn't the life I had planned for this year. And there's a bigger thing about letting go of the life you had planned full stop in, in many aspects sometimes. But this isn't the life I had planned this year. What do I want to experience? How do I want to feel? And how can I create those experiences for myself within the, you know, the parameters of what what we've got does that make sense does that that is that that is a great answer because I'm terrible with um with any any sort of device like that I that is such a good answer thank you so much Selena and the next question I feel like I might have something to say that might be helpful on it so this is from Nicola Hatfield hello Um, would be interesting to hear advice on having time out and total relaxation I feel like I really need a holiday. Oh my God, I was thinking the same thing today. But there is seemingly no point in taking time off at the moment as there's nowhere <gasps> to go and minimal things to do. And I know you have something to say on this, Selena, but I just <laughs> want to say quickly that um, I completely have seen the benefits recently of turning my phone off for like chunks of time and realizing genuinely, and I'm not just saying this to sound like cliche, like you don't need to get on an airplane to have a holiday, but I felt as if I had a holiday the other weekend just by having a complete day for myself. And I don't do it nearly enough. Phone off, absolutely no commitments, a bath, a book, and just a day for myself. And it didn't really matter where I was in that moment. Obviously, I'd rather be on a beach. But 
I think Selena, you've taught me quite a lot about this. Oh, I th- tell I, us that your is thoughts. A, thank you so much for that question. Yeah, it's a great because question. it's such a good question, and yeah, I love this. Is what life design is all about because it's about going again, asking yourself, what is it? What is it that you want to experience from that holiday? It's definitely well worth your while taking time off. Absolutely. And not to just sort of mope around the house being like, I wish I was on a beach because that would be a rubbish way to spend your time off. But really, again, it's going back to looking at, okay, how can I use what I've got to hand within the parameters? Like I think there's actually, so much creativity happens when we have limitations. So, you know, thinking about how can I turn the next, the weekend or the next five days that I've taken off or whatever it is into some kind of mini holiday for myself? Like, how do you want to, what helps you to relax? So things like listening to yoga nidras, listening to the sound of waves lapping on a tropical beach or like, you know, creating experiences like that. But, you know, doing things that nourish yourself. What would you love to have the time to do? Reading a novel you know, turning your phone off. Um, maybe again, maybe you love adventure. So what could you do, you know, in your, in what, near where you live that you go and visit somewhere you've never been before or get out your camera and like take some pictures. What are the things you love to do on holiday and how could you create that experience for yourself? We've got, um, I don't know why I haven't done this actually myself. Now it's going to be an idea. We've got one of those hammocks that comes on a stand And I'm just like, put it in your living room, put your hammock up, like, you know, get your magazines out, get in some delicious food. At the end of the day, holidays are all about, well, it depends for different people. But, you know, if your holidays are all about relaxation, reading a novel, not having to think about work, um, having a laugh with your friends, then you can do all of those things. And so it's like, just again, ask yourself how, just having fun with it, being creative, being, being playful and, you know, okay, how can I create a holiday from home? And it's, it really is all about treating yourself to nice things, nourishing yourself um, and just finding ways to, to, to create those experiences for yourself in a bit of a different way to how you normally would. I love that. And just quickly, because there is a similar question, but I just thought we could talk about it really quickly, which is from Nadia. And she says, I love the idea of scheduling time for all the things that bring you joy and the colour coded calendar. But how do you do that when things you love have been taken away due to lockdown, swimming, theatre, wine at the pub? And it's, it's kind of a similar question, I suppose, just because it's, it's like replacing the beach holiday for the being at home holiday. But for me and uh, people actually today laughed at me but I put the crown in my calendar watching the crown in pink (laughs) oh my god it was not wine at the pub sadly but I think for me I've had to I wanted to keep up the the things in my calendar that are related to time off even if they're very small and I actually saw something on Instagram last night that Elizabeth Gilbert did where she said that during times like this it's actually the smallest things we should we should really concentrate on how much joy they do bring us oh and she was saying you know even if you're making yourself a really nice meal or you're wrapping yourself up in a blanket like a burrito 
that those things don't underestimate those things basically I totally agree so there's two things there first of all yes simple pleasures are so powerful and particularly when um you know, in times like this, we're being so emotionally drained by the anxiety and the sadness and the grief around what's going on in the world at the moment. And when your 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 emotional cup is being drained, and you know that great saying, you can't pour from an empty cup, like that's that's why we can sometimes find ourselves so low on energy is actually because the emotional cost of of what's going on. And one of the best ways to fill up your cup is to do simple things that lift your spirits. And it doesn't have to be grand stuff. And the other thing I would say is, you know, we've got to remember that we've, most of us have been living lives. These are the things I enjoy doing. This is what I do on my weekends. This is what I do on my evenings. This is what I do for fun. And suddenly a lot of that has been taken away. But it, there are so many things that you will never have tried before that also are really fun that you really enjoy and you can really get into. It's, you know, we've, we've kind of been often playing from quite a limited selection of things that we do. And we get, I think we get, I was really thinking about this today. We get caught up in this idea of who we are and what we like. And I think this is a great opportunity to challenge those stories. So I, <laughs> Emma, you know, I can't stop talking about, I'm going to start making for the first time in my life Christmas tree decorations out of um, air dried clay. And I actually bought it today and I'm feeling very excited. I bought myself a pack of air dried clay and pens that you can use to like draw on them. And I don't normally do that kind of stuff. I used to do that kind of stuff as a kid all the time. I have not done it in my adult life apart from a quick foray into making jewelry, which didn't work out. And so I was just like, this Christmas, I'm gonna be that person that I thought I wasn't that makes crafts. So actually, in the space that's being created by this. And again, I totally understand the feeling of loss, but now let's look at that space and go, okay, well, time to try something different, time to try stuff that I can do from home or I can do in my local area or you know, I can do in my local park, whatever that may be. And let's start experimenting and exploring and discovering some new things that it turns out we love to do. And you might try some and you're like, that's definitely not my thing. You might try some things and go, wow, you know, one of the things I discovered in lockdown was a love of knitting. You know, who knows what it might be that actually brings you real calm and helps you to switch off from that fast paced career and job you have during the day. So I think be really open, be open to being surprised at what you might enjoy doing. It's like um, when I told you that I actually like exercise. Who would, yeah. thought, who would have thought that I would thought. be an exercising person? Well, that's um, the same as me. That was my discovery yeah. in the first lockdown. I was like, oh, I can really, I can really get into exercise. And it has totally changed my life because of the energy I have now. Totally. Yeah. Uh, we've got another question from Kate. She says, and I think this is a really good, really good question and very much on topic for this um, episode of like, how do we rest and move forwards? She says, as someone who used to rely heavily on one, three or five year plans, how would you suggest moving away from that? Even post pandemic, I'm not sure career plans are the most healthy way to plan one's life. So I tend to have like a three month plan. And I I, I went, when I was speaking to the publishers of the journal, 
um, and they were saying, right, let's start planning, you know, other journals and like, let's have like a bit of a, what's your five-year plan? And I looked in horror and I was like, I do not have, I don't know who I'm, where I'm going to be, who I'm going to be, what my dreams are going to be in five years. How, why would I possibly have a plan for five years from now? And they're like, all right. But actually now I'm, interestingly, now I'm kind of warming up to like maybe having you know, a longer term plan for certain things. But actually most of my life, I have never planned more than three months ahead. I've never planned more than my next project. I'm a, I've run my own business for over 10 years. So I'm, I've not been um, employed and in a, in the context of a sort of, you know, career in employment. But I think, you know, the same thing is like, if you tend to set goals and, set intentions and you know you have a focus for where you want your career to go next how about focusing on like right now in terms of what you can do I think at the moment it's it is hard to look to the future and be able to plan as the future but how about looking at how you work and how you can work in a way where at the end of the day you feel calm and energized versus what many people, you know, experience at the end of the day is feeling absolutely knackered. And all you can do is crawl to your sofa and pour yourself a glass of wine, like experiment with things that you can do to help top up your energy throughout the day. I talk a lot about this in my book, Burnt Out, because this could be a whole different podcast, but the, the toxic, the current toxic work cultures that most of us operate in, most companies have a way of working that is very unhealthy and also not very efficient. So I think there's definitely things that you can do for yourself within what, what you can control in terms of, of wonderfully everything you do to improve your energy at work and help yourself to feel calm and energized at work also improves your productivity and performance. So it's like a win-win. So you could focus on, you know, it's always about focusing on what you can control right now. And that's, I mean, it's like that at all times of life, because there's always going to be parts of life we have absolutely no control over. But there are parts that we always do have a control and how we respond, but also how we design the aspects of our lives that we can design. And I think, um, yeah, that's the stuff. That's the stuff to focus on. And if and if a year, five year plan feels too much, an experiment with just doing six months or just doing three months. Um, like I do. Yeah, because I feel like <laughs> this year has taught us, if anything, that planning ahead doesn't always work out. Like you can make a plan, obviously, and get there and, and something, you know, is in the way. And we wouldn't have foreseen this year happening as it as it did. But I it's definitely shifted for me. Like someone tried to make a plan for next March for, for a work thing. And I just felt really weird about it. And I just I didn't book it in because... I don't know who I'll be in March, like, yeah. like you say, and I don't know where I'm going to be. And I just feel like, you know, moving day to day as much as, as cliche as that sounds is kind of needed. But, but I completely understand the, uh, the question because we're so used to planning, but sometimes you have to have the faith that you don't have to know exactly where you're going. You just need to know the slight direction. And I just move in the direction rather than knowing exactly what I'm going to get at the end. Yeah. Um, another question that I really wanted to make sure we get in just because yes. um, it's kind of the other side of this conversation, which is from Chloe Gill, who says, what if your problem isn't that you're too busy or stressed in the same way? As a single solo dweller, I'm finding the narrative that everyone is overloaded with people and family and responsibilities highlights feelings of isolation. I think this is a really important question. 
Becky Barnes, who writes for Huffington Post, wrote a brilliant article about this, about how her she lives on her own and her mental health really suffered in the first lockdown and the lessons that she's learned from that so that this, this second lockdown, she feels a lot more equipped to deal with living on her own. She's going through it. And obviously now you can bubble and um, you know you can meet up with people outside, which in the first lockdown felt so isolating. I really felt for and really checked in with my friends who were who are on their own. But to be, it's it's the it's kind of the same. It's still asking yourself. Well, it's it's exactly the same. You know, it's asking yourself, right? How do I want to feel? What do I want to experience? And then looking at how you can create that. And if it's having more connection and being able to um, be in the company of other people, obviously you've got, you got Zoom meetups, but seeing how you can meet people in real life, going for walks, going for socially distanced coffees um, and things like that. But again, it is just asking yourself, how do I want to feel and what can I do for myself to really make sure that um, to to bring myself joy and do little things for myself? It's such an important time particularly when you're living your own, but even if you're not, to practice self-love and treating yourself to little things. And, um, you know, I spoke to a lot of women actually during the first lockdown who were living on their own and they were really nervous about living on their own. And they discovered that they, they really cultivated a much stronger relationship with themselves and really focused on that. So I think it's about yeah, again, designing your day and designing your weekends, thinking about, okay, what do I want to experience? Who do I want to see? And and making plans so you do fill up your calendar so you can see the things that you're looking forward to, but also really upping your self-care and your self-love and doing little acts of kindness to yourself um, that help to brighten up your day. And also reaching out, reaching out to to friends, you know, if you are feeling lonely, reaching out to the people that you love and that love you and again it's it's it is hard it you're apps you know making sure I want I want you to know that it it is hard and I get that it's hard and of course sometimes it's going to feel you know horrible to be to be on your own during this time and I think it's important again to just attend to those feelings and allow yourself to express it and not try to suppress it so often just being able to express how we feel and getting it out can help kind of help us move through the emotion Mm-hmm. thank you that's such a good answer um i think we've got time for maybe one more uh but thank you so much everyone for coming to this experiment that i've done as well um really really lovely to see you all here and it feels like a little snuggly community of people um which is such a lovely different vibe from just putting the podcast out normally so yeah and let me know your feedback as well afterwards and what you'd like to see more of and everything like that um but the last question is from molly will know Ray. I hope I said that okay. Um, I'm guilty of saying I'm going to make this and create that, but never actually doing it. Do you have any tips for not procrastinating on creativity? And procrastination is something that I wrote a bit about in Sabotage and interviewed people about. And it's such a funny one because I think procrastination sometimes really isn't a bad thing at all. And sometimes we actually, it's our body saying, yeah, procrastinate, go and have a nap, go and watch Netflix, go for a walk. A lot of writing, and I'm not sure if this is particularly writing focused, but a lot of the work, the actual paid work is the procrastination that comes along with it, which is like, go and have a think or 
do the washing up and let your mind wander. And I think my ideas come from procrastinating. So just want to say, I don't think it's like a completely negative thing. And I think we can beat ourselves up a lot when we use that word. But something that helps me because I've actually been procrastinating way more during this year. Like it, I've become definitely someone that's like, oh, I didn't actually do that thing I said I'd do. Like old me from 2019 would have. And now I'm just, <laughs> to be honest, um, not in a negative way, but making more excuses up. I've really noticed that I'm thinking, well, I can't do it because, you know, pandemic and, you know, there, there's lots of ways to get around it now. Um, but I still feel like we should hold ourselves accountable if it's something we really want to do. Because when we procrastinate every day, we're actually moving away from the person we might want to be in the future. So it can actually lead up to a bigger thing over time. For me, it's putting, again, the calendar thing, putting the pink or the green in the diary. So for example, if I'm wanting to, I'm trying to write another novel at the moment, putting it in the diary, maybe on like a Friday afternoon or even like a Sunday morning, a time that feels good for me, I'll just put a little thing in the diary saying, think you should sit down for half an hour and put a timer on and have a go making it less pressured selena do you have any words of wisdom on that one as well yeah absolutely i i agree with you emma that sometimes you know question why you're procrastinating i think sometimes i think what we've all needed to do is slow down and create more space in our lives and in a weird and wonderful way this pandemic has allowed a lot of us to create more space in our lives um but i think one of the traps that people fall into is feeling that they have to feel really in the mood, you know, when they, so you put the time aside, like, right, I'm going to do this creative project and the time comes and you don't feel like it. I say, oh, well, I'm not in the mood to do it. And so you kind of can let it slide. And this can apply to anything. This definitely applied to me this morning with exercise. I hadn't exercised for a couple of weeks because I was a bit ill and we had the house full of stuff. And I was just already thought, I don't know if I can get back into exercise. I think I'm back to being that person that doesn't do it anymore. And I just, I took a photograph of myself because I wanted to document it for Instagram stories at some point. And I looked so like, I cannot be bothered. There's not any part of me that wants to do this right now. But I had said that I would, and I knew that I'd feel better afterwards. So I did it. I dragged myself onto the mat and I put my um, exercise gear on when I went to, when I got up in the morning to take my son to school. So when I came back, I was like, I'm doing it now. Did not feel like doing it. And of course I felt amazing afterwards. And it's the same with any kind of creative project. Don't wait until you feel like in the mood to do it. If you say you're going to do it and the Pomodoro method is brilliant. You do 20 minutes, 20 minutes, and then that's it. Then you have to stop after the 20 minutes. So it's, you know, and if, I mean, if you do want to carry on, then carry on. But you can manage 20 minutes. 20 minutes isn't asking too much. If you sit down, you're like, right, the whole Saturday afternoon I'm going to spend on this creative project, that can feel like a lot. And if that does feel like a lot and you've got like anxious and you just you just don't want to do it, just go, okay, let's just start with 20 minutes three times a week. There's so You will get so much done in 20-minute slots a few times a week. And if that feels more manageable, then do it that way. But you'll find often it's once you actually start doing it, then you start to be in the mood for it. Then you yes, start to get the buzz. I love this. So love don't this. wait. Don't expect to feel in the mood to do it. Like, I mean, I definitely had that with exercise and I realized I've just got to do it like I brush my teeth. I don't wait to brush my, I don't wait to feel in the mood to brush my teeth, to brush my teeth every day. Otherwise I'd be, <laughs> have terrible teeth. <laughs> 
and terrible breath. So, you know, I've like I that I and I applied that with with anything that you say that you're going to do. You know you want to do it. You do need to check in. Do you why is this important for you to do it? Um, you know, if you've got too many things on your plate, then maybe you move it to next month. But like if you know you want to do it, just because you don't feel in the mood to do it, still do it. Don't it reminds me a bit of this audiobook I listened to, and it's just to let you know if you do download it, it's quite intense by Stephen Pressfield, and he's written this book called Turning Pro and also War of Art. So that those are the two. And he says exactly that. He's like, you never just in the mood. That's just not how it works. You, it's not being a human. That you can't just be in the mood when you want to be in the mood. And he talks about kind of treating it like you're you're a professional. And it's something that I've really tried to do, which is amateurs. He says, sit down only if they're in the mood, but professionals do the work and turn up when they are not in the mood. And I and I, you know, it sounds maybe slightly intense, but I've that's really helped me recently. Uh, one thing to add, and it brings us beautifully back to what we were saying before about the motivating yourself with the shitty committee or motivating yourself with the wise, loving voice. So if you get to that point, you're like, I'm really not in the mood to do this thing that I know I really want to do, rather than getting the whip out and like being nasty to yourself and shaming yourself into doing it, do something to get yourself in the mood. Like, so whatever the creative project is, like if it, I don't know, maybe you'd like decide you're going to, you, you're doing a painting and you're sort of like, oh, I don't have the energy. I can't be bothered. What inspires you? Move your body, like dance around, go wild, go crazy and then sit down. Or if you want to, if you feel like you need to, to get inspired by something, what, what inspires you? Feed up on inspiration five minutes before you're supposed to get started. I really, um, I, I really get motivated by being inspired by listening to something or watching a video on, on the kind of topic that I want to write on. And then I'm like, oh, suddenly I've got stuff to talk about. Looking at a blank page feels a little bit more daunting for me. So I definitely get, get sort of ignited by being inspired. So you can do things to get you in the mood. I love that. I reread some of my favorite books before I start writing. So Lastly, okay, I'm throwing something out there now. Natasha Russell, by the way, who I'm going to link to when this is out, is behind the scenes. And she um, has been amazing helping me with the chat. And I was thinking, can we all unmute ourselves quickly and just say hi or bye even? Because it would be quite nice seeing us all here. Oh, everyone look at like, the oh, faces. Hello, everyone. Thank you Turn so your video much. Video for hi. Oh, look, I'm lo seeing lots of lovely faces I recognize. Yay. Hello, hello, Yay. hello. Oh, <laughs> lovely to see you all. And before I put the um, the music back on in the slides, um, thank you for coming to this. Let me know if you want me to do any more and any topics. And um, maybe next time everyone can ask a question like face to face when I work out how to do that. So <laughs> thank you, everyone. See you next time. 